Hello and welcome to a Taylor's Tales podcast. This is Chris's Corner. I'm your host, Chris Taylor, and welcome back to a brand new episode. This week, we're going to be starting off the podcast by talking about, of course, it's back, Bleach, the Thousand Year Blood War Arc, part two. The first episode was released yesterday. As of releasing this episode, it will be yesterday, the eighth of July, two thousand and twenty-three. And I have, or just like literally an hour ago, watched the episode all the way through, and I love it. I love the soundtrack. I love the intro. I love the amount of effort that's being put into the animation at the moment. I also love the idea of and. Spoiler alert! Chuck that in there. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! But the most important is that one. It's kind of the grandmama of all the rules. You can't tell someone in the story anything about where the story's going, even if you know some juicy stuff. Uriu going to the other side and joining the Quincy's. For those who aren't aware, who who aren't watching Bleach at the moment, go away and watch it right now, you absolute losers! <laughs> Man. You are one pathetic loser. <laughs> um, <laughs> as you can tell, I'm a big fan of the show. And not only am I a big fan of the show, I'm a big fan of the characters within the show. Specifically, the main characters of Ichigo, uh, Orihime, Chad, <laughs> uh, Uryu, all of the main, the main ones as well. Obviously, there's also the Gote 13. I'm not going to go through every single character in the show, but let's th- just go through some of the best parts of the newest episode of the Thousand Year Blood War arc and what I'm seeing in the future for the actual series and what I'm hoping for to see through the, the, the series as well. So Uryu joining the Quincy's and joining Yuhabak and becoming Yuhabak's successor. Extremely interesting to see how he's gone from basically one of the good guys to joining the bad guys within this scenario. And it's very blurred lines because obviously we always root for the Soul Reapers because the Soul Reapers have the justified uh, sort of existence because they don't 
destroy the hollows they convert them into the next life and almost pass them through by killing them they pass on a new energy while the quincy's just kill them and there is no any there's no extra material for the soul society and therefore by doing so they disturb the balance of life and death they disturb the disturbance between the human world and the soul society and therefore that's why there is a war between each side. Now the interesting thing behind this is we don't actually know why Uryu has joined uh, Yohabak. We know that he's a Quincy, he knows the other, this is a group of Quincy's, but there's not really a total understanding of why. Like his grandfather trained him to be a good person and trained him to be a, a Quincy in the positive altruistic terms we've seen so far that Yohabak is a bloodthirsty murderer like the Quincy's will just slay soul reapers without even thinking about it And this is the really interesting thing, is that we've seen up till now throughout the series, throughout 13 seasons, that Uryu does have a moral compass. And so there is, to some extent, going to be some sort of dichotomy of choosing sides, why he's chosen this, why he's gone from one side to the other, one extreme to another, and also how he plays his part when you, he's already got uh, a another general by his side. Yobak already has a, a general, the gentleman with bright blonde hair. I forgot his name. Sorry, some of the, the, the Quincy's I am not going to know the names of off by heart. I know Busby because he's got the pink mohawk and he's kind of cool. Because um, that is a really cool character design. Whoever put that together, I don't know why. He just looks unique. And the, the more unique these characters look, the more likely you're going to remember them. And therefore, the more unique they are, the more powerful they are, and so on and so forth. But it's also interesting to see the Yohbuk's, um blood is given to Uryu. It's like the idea of like he's becoming part of Yohbak. And what we know so far from the series, and I'm not going to go into the manga because that would be cheating. What we know so far from the series is that he's just a very powerful person. So therefore some of his power is going to be placed into Uryu and therefore awaken the Quincy powers within him. And therefore we're going to have at some point a battle based off the intro of the newest episode, between Ichigo and Uyu, two friends, two brothers, two sides of the same coin. It's going to be an excellent, real juxtaposition between the two sides, two brothers, two friends up to this point, who were on the same side for all of the previous seasons, and now we get to see a real interesting battle between. Now, as you can tell from my description, the way I'm going over the details so far, there's not a lot within this episode apart from, like, a little roundup. Now, at the end of the episode, we do get the intro to the new invasion. The Soul Society gets absorbed into the Quincy world and turns into frost and ice. And this new visual of this beautiful blue sky is taken away with a massive red blotch and is turned into a freezing wasteland. Very interesting and very just unique way of designing a battlefield. And I really like this idea that some of the, for instance, those with ice powers, such as the captain of the 10th uh, 
squad guard is going to probably excel within this environment. The same for, uh, not Orihima, I want to say Orihima, it's Rukia. Rukia's power is ice, and therefore she probably do very well within this environment. Those who deal with heat as well may find themselves being able to defeat some of the battle, uh, some of the other uh, opponents within this show, and it's going to be very interesting to see how elements, how the show's depicted. Yes, I know the, the manga's going to really be the source of how the show goes, and I know a lot of what's going on behind the scenes, but I'm going to pretend I don't, and I want to pretend like we know nothing about what's coming up next. And this idea of how Ichigo's going to become more powerful by using Ichibe as his mentor and be able to release a new level of power from already he, he, where he's been so far. You know, this this idea of, like, he achieved, you know, the lieutenant level of Shikai, then he achieved Bank. Bankai! Then he achieved Hollow Form, then he achieved Beyond Bankai, which was, like, this last form of Bankai. Mu Mugen. I think it was, like, Mugen or Mugai. I can't remember the specific name of it. I know, people shouting and screaming at me again. But this idea of the final form of Getsuga Tenshu, that was against Aizen. And then from there, we've seen, like, yeah, we've seen a couple of interesting off-the-cuff uh, elements that he turns into, but I'm really interested to see this final form, and I'm interested to see what he does with the double-blade look. It's very intriguing to see how this new version of Ichigo has been designed and how we're going to see in the new series how those powers come to fruition now that he has access to squad zero can he use the knowledge that they have there to become even more powerful than he already is this is something that's really interesting to me it's something something this this level i think it's because of my love for video games this idea of leveling up of an rpg of learning new powers of there's never an end there's always something more that's what I love about Bleach. They always have this new level. There's no, like, there's Bankai. Bankai. And then there's fully formed Bankai. Bankai. And then there's fully formed Bankai. Bankai. Plus this level and this level, and there's even more power. There's never ending. And there's the only last level of the Soul King, who we are yet to see in the series. And yet we get a nice little snippet at the end of this, the episode showing us into the next episode that we might see finally the spoken of up to this point mysterious soul king who holds the soul society together as a keystone for both the human world and for the soul world things small things to mention as well we've got byakuya kuchiki back healing from the pool and i'm absolutely just really excited to see what he does with his uh, with his bunk Bunkai. and how he can increase his power and it was stolen from him he was beaten to a pulp he was completely his ego's gone everything's gone how can he build from this he can grow from the ground up it's going to be a lot of this a lot of training arcs between now and these captains fighting some of the best stern ritter in the Quincy army and yet they have near to no time because they are being invaded already and this is going to be the interesting part how do these characters quickly become more powerful how do they get to the next stage how do they channel their inner demon to become powerful powerful soul reapers who aren't just weak as the Quincy have shown so far. Really excited, so glad Thousand Year Blood War Part 2 is back. We're in July the 8th, 
July the 9th of the release of this show and it's gonna well I hope you're as excited as I am over the next 13 episodes or more that are going to be within this arc it's gonna be very interesting to see how they break it into four parts so this is the second part of the four-part series of the thousand year blood blood war arc and I'm actually really glad that they did that it's brought a lot of excitement if they'd just done it all in one go the 52 episodes I think it would have been a little bit rushed I think it might have put a lot of stress on the animators and all of the other things and I think they've perfectly paced the episodes. I think sometimes you have to start off with a little bit of a cooler, like they did with this episode, to come in with an absolute bang like they've done with previous episodes and just shock the hell out of the audience. And that's what you want from a series. You don't want to be know-it-all. You want to have a few surprises along the way. So, enough me talking about Thousand Year Blood War arc. For those who are just here for that, thank you for listening. You can now, if you're not interested in anything else, you can now leave. I'm grateful for you being here in the first place. Now. Fuck off. And I want to talk, seeing we're speaking about power, speaking about improving, speaking about finding new levels. Very much like the Bleach characters, there's a never-ending element to who we are as human beings there is a never-ending road to becoming better people and that's an element within this podcast i talk about regularly is improving yourself becoming better and i've been re-listening to first i finished can't hurt me by david goggins and now i'm listening to uh no end is it no no end no it's uh never finished thank you never finished by david goggins i'm listening to the audiobook i've read both books already uh twice and I'm re-listening to the audiobook for... I've I finished the audiobook for Can't Hurt Me, and I'm listening to the audiobook for Never Finish for the first time. And I signed up for Audible. I realised something recently. I was talking to one of my best friends, uh, Alex Young, on the phone today, about how we find, we find it... Strugg- we struggle with this dopamine addition of our phone and how it, we struggle to, to read. Um, and I'm trying my best to read as much as I can. My current book is rereading uh, Kitchen Confidential. And the reason why I'm rereading a lot of stuff is because I'm finding it difficult to find books that are really catching my eye. And I have tried new books. I booked through. I bought like three new books back in January, and I tried to re. I read one of them, and I'd already knew the concept behind it a little bit, so it was easier to get through. But some of the others, they just weren't drawing me in. And I think I need to execute that rule of if you aren't drawn in immediately by it, like I am with Kitchen Confidential, and like I am with a lot of the other books that I already own and have already read then it's probably best to just put it down, put it away, and it goes on the bottom shelf down there, the disgusting shelf of, I don't like you. (laughs) And for me, I don't want to waste my time anymore on books that I'm kind of forcing myself to read. I know it's really good to read, and I know it's pushing myself, but I also find myself struggling to find the motivation to really get through it like in the mornings i love i love reading that's probably the best time for me to read uh, and if i've just been to the gym then i'll come back i'll be sweaty i'll be like i'll shower and I'll, i need to get into that routine again and so the reason why i'm talking about this is because i've realized i've allowed myself to kind of coast a little bit in terms of my workout regime my just general things outside of work yes the podcast i took a break from last week the podcast for those who noticed because i realized the one that i recorded wasn't up to scratch it wasn't up to standard i recorded it and i didn't release it because i didn't like it i didn't like what i'd put and 
Personally, I don't want to release something unless I truly believe in it. And if I don't believe in something, I'm not going to do it. And this is why I'm talking about me coasting. I think I'm showing a little bit of weakness. Like I have, you know, the reason why I'm listening to Goggins again is because I need to relight that fire within me. Like I've been doing my minimum of 25 miles a week running. I've been doing my weightlifting every set, you know, four, four day minimum. So basically I work out every single day, whether it be running or weightlifting. But that's my minimum. I'm not finding that next level. I'm not finding beyond Bankai. I'm not finding that new me just by coasting. And I'm not pushing myself with my reading and I'm not pushing myself with my Wim Hof and my meditation. I'm just coasting a little bit. And that is something I've talked about many times and I've realized it. The reason why it pisses me off is because it's inside me. And I've realized I've been angry lately because I'm angry with myself. I'm angry with the person that I'm allowing myself to be. So I'm stand setting a new standard from now on. I'm going to be running every single day from now on. I will not be just running those three days a week. I will just be putting in a minimum of five miles every single day. I'm going to start with today. As of recording after this, I'm going to go for a five mile run. I've already worked out for two hours in the gym today. I already put a shift in. I already sweated out, but it just feels like... It Goggins talks about how he wrings the shirt out. So I'm getting ready to board my plane yesterday, and this NFL football player comes up to me. He goes, Goggins, can I ask you a question? How do you keep that dog mentality? I said, let me ask you a question. When you were younger, what did you want to be? He said, an NFL football player. But once I got there, I lost that dog mentality. He had a finish line in his brain. Guess what? A true dog mentality? I have a dog at home. I can feed that motherfucker all day long. He never gets full. It's not enough you made to the NFL. Be the fucking MVP. It's not enough you ran a 5K. Win a 10K. It's not enough you became a doctor. Be a better doctor. It's not enough you lost 50 pounds. Go out there and do something with it. Guess what? It's 109 out here, but guess what? It's not enough. Stay hard. And I've got so much energy right now. I feel like I... I'm not putting it out there. I'm not putting everything I have out on the line. And if I want to do my 61 miler next year as an ultra, then if I'm going to be doing that, I'm going to have to put in the miles. And if I'm going to be doing my 25 plus 25, I'm going to be getting 50 miles in per week, not just the normal 25, which I can do. It means I'm going to have to stretch more. It means I'm going to have to be really careful in terms of what I'm doing in the gym. And it's going to have to be even more focus in on being, becoming the better version of myself. And I don't know about you, but maybe you found yourself in a little bit of a rut and you've allowed yourself to, to sit within comfort, to sit within, even like me, the, the standard, the normal standard. You've set a basic standard, the baseline, and you want to push yourself just that little bit further. And for me personally, I'm stretching out. I'm, I love stretching at the moment. It's really providing me with a realization of how tight I've allowed myself to, to get and that means where I'm doing quite exhaustive quite intense workouts in the gym where I'm lifting heavy weights and it's just like putting a strain on my body and then the running as well is contracting the muscles within and so I have to make sure that I'm flexing them out as well so before I go for the runs I'm going to be making sure that I stretch out for at least half an hour before I do it so that I allow my body to not tighten up like a ball. And where I've got injured before is because I've been doing too much too quickly. 
Now I know for a fact a five mile run for me is easy. It's real quick, it's real fast, and it's done within 35, 30 minutes. And I could probably really slow it down, I could probably slow it down to 40, really like really focus it in and train my heart rate, which is probably what I should be doing at the moment, is heart rate training. But I also just like to get it done. I also like to do speed work. So I think I'm gonna have to divide it up into days where I'm just doing um, heart rate training versus speed work. Speed work can be done on Fridays and Tuesdays, for instance, and then heart rate training can be done Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, and then Sundays, the race pace. So I think I need to get back into that regime of setting the standard within RunKeeper, which is the app that I use, which I've been using for for years since 2000 and I want to say 2014, 2015, but it hasn't recorded all the miles that I've done since then because I've switched accounts. So there's like 5,000 miles recorded on it at the moment, but I've done more. But yeah, I want to increase. I, I think there's it's, this isn't motivation. I just want to set a new standard for myself. Yes, I can always come back to the baseline, but there's something more. And I don't know about you, but that when, when I... When I listen to Goggins, when I listen to other people, when I listen to my best mate Ali and just like here, I'm I'm inspired by the way he's pushing himself. I'm inspired by my friends. I'm inspired by the people around me who are just going that extra mile. And I need to do that. If my friend Ali has a son. He has so much going for him. And I, I know he doesn't want me to talk about this in this way, so I, w- I will keep it as short as possible. But like, damn, if he can do that, then what the fuck am I doing? Like, Jesus, um, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing for me. It's like, I need to push myself harder. And for me, I don't know about you, I hope you can relate. Because I'm looking for people like that. I think the one thing that I'm realizing more and more as I get older is how I'm not like everybody else. Everyone else is happy to coast. Everyone is happy to just work out when it suits them, run when it suits them, chat at the gym, chat and not work out and not go friggin' hard, and not push themselves, that's fine. But I've got to live with that. I've got to live with the fact that I can't force the world to be the way I want it to be, and I can't allow myself to become start, start becoming me, 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 me. It must be outside the bubble. It must be understanding everybody around me, and understanding that, yeah, not everyone's like you, that doesn't mean everyone wants to be like you and not everyone wants to do the things you want to do and that's fine but i am looking for more of the savage mindset of that wanting to push yourself further and wanting to go further and wanting to just always hungry that's what i am i'm always hungry i'm hungry for life i'm hungry for achievement i'm hungry for the little things in life i'm hungry for food i'm hungry for energy and i don't know how many people can relate to that how many people can know that in their past they didn't push themselves hard enough and now they get to this point in their life from age for me from age 23 onwards where they've just become a monster in terms of just mental toughening of again 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 and it will go on forever that's the scary thing about life my friend that is a scary thing right and that's what fatigues me people go man why don't you ever smile there's no fucking end my friend There's Every no end. Day. There's no end. Now, I know for a fact that my baseline that I've built so far to many other people is probably a little bit extreme. 
but for me it's not enough you know the the saying of what Goggin says is like becoming uncommon amongst uncommon people if I want to do that I've got to take it further I've got to take it higher and he's pushed myself even beyond that and that means doing some stuff that's going to be painful it's going to be tough it's going to be a lot of like time in the darkness time in the abyss time within the zone but if I'm going to be running ultras and if I'm going to be running another marathon um, another few marathons I imagine then this is the way forward this is the way 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 um, yeah so I don't know man I just feel just there's something more and I have to do it I don't want to cycle because cycling to me meh boring it's just like I have to buy a bike and then I have to learn how to repair it and then I have to do all that crap and nah but I know I can run I've got a pair of trainers I've got some shorts I'm ready to rock and roll like that's how it works um, same with weightlifting. I have a gym. I can go there. I can do so many different types of workouts. One of the things that I found today that was really interesting is I was using the squat rack bar as a pull-up bar, and my God, is that friggin' like so much better to do pull-ups on? I feel so much stronger uh, on doing that. Those you know pull-ups on that bar, maybe because it just has no give and there's no none of those like there's no grips on it, and therefore it just feels so much better to do pull-ups on. It's, it takes me back to the old days of my old gym I went to back in like 2018, and it just like put like how I first built the calluses on my hands was from one of those really tough bars, and it just brings me back to those old days of where I just do chin-ups, pull-ups, chin-ups, pull-ups until my arms gave out, and it's like, yeah, baby, I'm back. Yeah, buddy. And I was like, yes, and I felt it, and I felt like I could do muscle ups within it. That's like I was pulling myself so far over the bar that I was like, oh shit, I'm I'm going close to, to close too far. <laughs> I was like, damn. And you just feel it, and you don't need to to go any further. But yeah, the new training for pull ups for me is going to be. I think the bar, the um, the power towel that I have in my apartment has really built me up for that, where it's just like a really shit um, grip. In the in terms of like it's after a while you can just feel the pain within your hands and then you've also got the fact that it's really shaky it's not attached to anything it's just f like self-sustaining almost so you have to depend on that strength uh and and then that to me is just kind of you know it's it's there it is what it is you can't you can't always have the best of the best of the best sometimes you need to focus in on what you have than what you want uh, but it really, little things like that, having a, a really cool pull-up bar, a new way of doing those things and improving my workout regimes. Something else as well today, I was like, I realize that for me to truly push myself, I can't, I can't be friendly with people around me in the gym. I can't be, this is my religion. This is my zone. Some people believe in God. Some people believe in whatever. I believe in myself in the gym. I believe myself pushing further and further and further and so i have to go into the zone i have to go into the dark place i can't can't be happy go lucky in there like i am 90 percent of the time i have to go in with the dark mindset the monster mindset i'm, I'm here to dominate you know the, the lord of the rings dominate and destroy all life he poured his cruelty his malice and his will to dominate all life one ring to rule them all. One man to rule them all. <laughs> One ring.
to bind them in the darkness. Like, it's it's that mindset. Because you can't... I don't know, man. Like, if you go in that weak-ass fucking mindset of, like, I'm going to be on my phone the entire time at the gym, it's like, what the point? what's the point of being there? Like, a lot of people talk about how the gym's like, oh, I have to force myself to go. I'm like, nah, man. If I don't go, I'll be thinking about it the entire fucking day. Um, and that's, to many people, psychotic, psychotic, you know, whatever. Call me whatever you like. Um, I've heard everything. And I think this is why I am the way I am. As soon as you've heard what people have to say, there's so many things they can say. And after a while, they run out. And there's nothing worse than thinking you care. We all care at some extent, but you have to push yourself to to the point that you are going to die one day and know that you have to live with what you've done. Boom. Memento mori. You will die. And based off that, what are you going to do about it? This has been the Taylor's Tales podcast. This has been Chris's Corner. I've been your host, Chris Taylor. And as always, I hope to see you this time next week. Bye now. You spin me right round, baby, right round. Rotors are good, sir.